0: Welcome to the Choosing Happiness podcast with me, your host, Rudrani Davey, the happiness lady. In these conversations, we will be discussing an uncommon way to find joy in your life with weekly special guests. Did you know you could choose your happy? Won't you come and play and discover how these magical tools could work for you? Let's do this! Well, how do y'all out there in podcast land and all the places and spaces... Choosing Happiness podcast, even wrote a book about it. Rudrani Davey, the happiness lady here, and I have a very special guest today. I actually heard him on another podcast and was like, my people have to know this gentleman. He is amazing, amazing. He's a medium. He lives all the way out there in England somewhere. (laughs) His name is Mr. Daniel Pitt. And without further ado... Daniel thank you so much for joining me for this conversation
1: thank you for having me here
0: I'm super super grateful can you tell the folks a little bit about what being a medium is and then I'd like to know how you fell into this uh so
1: this for story. me it's very different yeah it yes yeah but it is for me it's really normal but in reality it's 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 not the norm so it really happened when I was sixteen. And my nan died, and my nan was my best friend. And where I grew up was very, on a farm in the middle of nowhere. So I'd run for a walk to, you know, just be with my feelings and thoughts. And it was a very cold March morning. And all I can say is I had a phenomena. It was an experience where I felt the love and presence of my nan in a very warm, like a like a warm bubble, which was not realistic because it was a frosty March morning. So anyway, in that moment, I knew I'd—I knew it was my Nan. I knew I had a sense that she was okay. And after it ended, I kind of thought, uh, maybe I'm colluding with myself. This is all new, I'm grieving, you know, she's gone. Better not talk about this to anyone because they might think I'm a bit, you know, a bit of a nutter. So I didn't speak about it, and you know, I mean, I grieved and was very angry because my mum was my my very best friend at that time. And uh, six months after that, my mum started to go to a hall where they had weekly meetings with different guest mediums. And I was concerned she was joining a cult. So I went to look after her. I went purely because I It's nonsense. When you're dead, you're dead. It's preying on people's emotions. I was bit angry because an, I was grieving. You know, to call 16. You
0: protecting her.
1: Yeah. And yeah, protecting ab- his yeah, absolutely. I wanted to look after her. So we went to a hall with about 80 people. And the medium started and went straight to me and gave me this most amazing Information about my nan and the people she was with, and I though I was kind of like, oh that's like wow this is a good guess, and uh, I kind of thought oh my mum set this up, but because a lot of stuff she was saying I thought yeah no this is this is too perfect, and then halfway through a message she said your nan's telling me you're a natural medium, and you'll be standing up here in three years' time doing as I do. And because I, of course I was 16 I I'm obnoxious and a bit of a bit yobby, I said, well, I'm as psychic as a peg. I said, you know, that's just wrong. And she said, no, but you saw your Nan the day she died. And you." then I mean, she explained the whole setting and she said, you've never told a living soul because you thought you'd be committed. By then I'm bawling my eyes out and my mum's like, is this true, Dad? We're both crying. But in that moment, my whole universe profoundly changed because I knew only my nan and I knew that 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 experience. So there was more information, more a, a long message. And to that day, everything but one thing's happened. But I left for whole thinking, if I could make one person feel like I feel now. That would be a really cool thing to do, and that's what began my journey into all things psychic, mediumistic, esoteric,al new age, spiritual. So, as I pursued that, reading books, going to spiritual churches, I got invited to a circle, a development circle, and um, with with mediums, we going in with circuit like churches and giving messages. Out in America, I think you call them gathering messages. So, mm. um I was very young. I was 18 when that, when that journey of development started and all the mediums were saying, you're too young, leave it alone, you know. But I was obsessed. I was like, I couldn't get enough of it. And then I, I got chucked out one circle because I was, she said I was too, I was showing off because I was too, like, giving <laughs> Yeah. And, she you know, I, all wow, I did. Was, that's rich. Yeah. I <laughs> followed instructions and she said, you know, in, in all the years I've been in the medium, I've never given nine messages one after the other. Because that's what I did. I went and the circle. And she said she told me all this basically, it was nonsense and basically her own insecurity. So I, I left the circle because she choked me well, she me up and said I was gonna get possessed. And she said, "Just get on with your life." So I did. Then six months after that, the child. I,
0: I've to ask you one question. Go Let me pause you just for a yeah. second because you know you just said now <laughs> I, mean, I didn't know about this that she said that if you continued, you were going to become possessed.
1: Yeah, yeah. She said, "You
0: like you're... like some some demon was going to take over your body." Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was absolutely. Where did she get this information? Yeah, she was just. It was basically her own insecurity because I was um, just naturally aware where where she wasn't in in the same way. Anyway, six months later, I went to another demo purely with my friend, and it was the same medium I saw the very first time. And she went straight to me and said, whatever you've been told in the name of the spirit world is a lie. She said, you've stopped talking to your friends. She said, they're me a box of books under your bed and that's what I did. I wrapped it all up and hid it. And she said, they're really sad because you've been lied to and you're missing out on this wonderful relationship with people that love you. And she said, you know, please, please consider exploring this again. So I did not when we developed this beautiful friendship. And then I started going round again, doing events. And then one medium was damning she said, "You, I want you in my circle. Come and come and speak to me at the end of the night." She said, "The spirit of the temple. You have to sit with me." And within six months of being in the circle, I she took me around churches. I was nineteen when I first stood on rostrum, and everyone criticised her. And she said, "I trust the spirit of Daniel, and if I'm wrong, you will fall flat on your face." And 28 years later, here I am. (laughs) And...
0: Yeah, it's interesting that you tell this story. I have a somewhat similar story where I was afraid that people would lock me up. Um, When I wrote my first book, Soul Survivor, about being shot in India, I went into detail about floating above my body, being given a choice, whether I was going to come back or not. And I saw all these, I'm going to put it in quotes, like revelations, you know, the way, where the earth was going, Uh, almost as if I was giving, um, giving future scenes of what was going to happen with the planet. And I had it all in the book. And then a friend of mine who worked for, he had worked for Rolling Stone magazine as a writer. He was the one that encouraged me to write the book. I asked him to read it first. And then we, he insisted we meet for tea afterwards. So he read it really quickly. It was like within a week's time and it's a 400 page book. I mean, it's, I've got my computer sitting on it. Let's see if I can get this out. It's like, uh, for those of you watching on YouTube, that's a lot of real estate (laughs) you had to commit to and it's not available in audible. Um, anyway we met for tea and he said honey i love the way you write i love you know i've loved every part about it but i'm concerned about you oversharing your experience about having a near-death experience about floating out of your body about seeing all these things so i took him seriously and i took it all out and that book came out in 2008 i think and um No, 2011. I got shot in 2008. 2011. And just recently, my friend, uh, Julie Rieger, she had read the book, and she outed me on my own podcast. (laughs) And she said, now's the time. Don't be afraid. You know, people need to know your story. So I just wanted to say, I know intimately what that must have been for you. And you were so much younger than I was when all that went down. So, what made you have the but to keep going? This woman was mentoring you, well, and we, you didn't fall on your face.
1: No, I, I started going around, like every time she had a booking, she was very busy. I, like every Sunday, every Thursday, every Tuesday, you know, I'd come from work, work she'd pick me up. And then from that, I started doing one to one readings at work and and eventually my own client base. But on my development, I went to Arthur Finley College and was very blessed that I had been with, taught by some exceptional mediums and tutors, which started to teach me about what spiritual spiritual development is and what self-development is. And, you know, where where it's separate from mediumistic development, but complementary. And mm. that, that helped me understand Daniel, understand me, and it, it just it evolved really, really naturally over well over twenty years, and just growing in confidence. And you know, I love what I do now. I mean, I I did all that while I had a conventional job. So you know, I've only been a full time medium for six years because oh my. There, there wasn't enough Daniel because I'd been doing a full time job. Running home at lunchtime, doing a reading, going back to work, mm. finishing work, running to get a train, going to Norfolk, going to South, going to Kent. And in the end, I was exhausted. I mean, I kept getting all these messages from my students saying, You're going to have to, you need to be a full time medium. And I never, I didn't ever seek to be a full time medium because I do what I do because I love what I do. It's never, money's not been the motivation of why I've done it, but we live in a world right. of matter. We need money to live. So I'm, I'm, I'm in a different place about that. But I, 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 yeah. You have right. to know
0: that you are the valuable product, Daniel. You are the valuable product. And not anybody can do what you do. I mean, there are people that do what you do. There's a few of us out there, right? But you have to you have to acknowledge the valuable product you truly be. And it's okay to be paid for that y'all and out there if you have the same thoughts in your head
1: <laughs> you're, you're you're absolutely right and i think that's where the self-development comes in because we live in a culture where it's not we're not taught to value our beingness and realize what but, you know we're a part of this divine power we're not separate, and you know people get to choose you know i i have a friend who's a very amazing medium very successful and he works on TV, and he has a different client group. And in like, you know, I started off one day, I was, you know, I, I, I'm i trying to work of comparisons to retail. Over here, we have like Asders and Tesco's, and then Harrods, which in terms of value, Harrods, everyone knows Harrods, is very expensive. And he said, I've worked to be a quality product now. I've done the Tesco's and mm-hmm. Walmart, now I'm Harrods or or bloomingdales you know it's it's kind of that journey and I, I suppose that's why I am now because I know gotcha. that in a reading I give everything I can I give a lot of myself that I love to do but it, you know the other other things in my journey that I've learned about myself my energy is that comes with a cost now so it's about finding the balance to to recuperate but for me I have the best job because I meet the most amazing people right.
0: i love that you just said that you love your job because you get to be you <laughs> yeah, I, how many people can say that
1: yeah i i've never thought about it like that it's just something that i do but for me it's about you never know you know in a week i can see 10 15 clients Everyone's got a different story. And all, as different as people are, they have different needs. So coming back to your original question, like what's a medium? Well, you know, back back thirty years, my idea of being a medium was to give information that celebrated life after death. So it's all about names and dates and facts and some messages and some spirit guides. Fast forward now, what I really Truly belief. The mediumship is a metaphor to remind us of ourselves, of our soul mm. and transpersonal self, you know, heaven on earth, you know, and how how we how what we seek out there is really what we need to seek in here. So a lot of what I teach now, where it used to be how to do psychometry, how to how to interpret an aura. For now it's about what's going on deep inside because the more we can be at peace within our own beingness, you know, the more we can change ourselves, the more likely is we can change the world for a better place. And I suppose that's my spiritual meaning now is helping people find themselves. And and I think mediumship because it's mediumship for me is all about life. It's got nothing to do with death. And Everything is life, our job, our love life, our kids, our family, our health, our development, our hopes, our fears, you know, outdoors, you know, the planet, the environment, everything is life. And this awareness mediumship isn't just, for, it's not just dead people, it's energy, it's consciousness, which is why for me now that I really don't like the word psychic or mediumistic. Because it's the same muscle. It's being aware of this amazing fabric of consciousness where sometimes it's mum, sometimes it's brother, sometimes it's a sense of what's happening at work. Yeah? So I think the more we speak without labels and barriers, the more the more connected we are to the all. And I think that's what me, my mediumship has helped me, is to realise... The only separation between me and the spirit world is my belief in that.
0: Right. You're talking about oneness.
1: It's about oneness.
0: Hmm. I um, well it was three three o'clock this morning, but usually it's closer to five or six o'clock. I don't know why Spirit pulled me out of bed so early. Um but I, I like to get in my hot tubs in the mornings and and commune with Mother Earth and all the creatures and there's so much more out there that we're not even aware of. well you know you don't see it with your own eyes but like the perception you were talking about feeling you know in a very cool March this warmth and you knew it was your beloved nun you know it's the same energy now you're gonna you might laugh at me but I'm gonna tell you lately or at least for the last five or six months um I've had a visitor that's kind of like my office hours when I'm in the hot tub to talk to spirits and get messages or or whatever um so consistently for maybe the, the last three or four months five months i'm not even sure when it started olivia newton john has been coming to me and okay. it's been quite an interesting you know and i i wasn't it wasn't that i wasn't a fan i loved when she was in greece that was my first introduction and she had several hit songs on the radio i, mean, I was at 11 12 13 i think at the time when i think i was 11 when greece came out i don't remember exactly but i remember being obsessed about the album i followed yeah. along with all the words Same. i thought she was beautiful yeah i just was like oh my god this woman is so beautiful inside and out every time i would see her in an interview and and all of this and she's been very supportive of organizations that you know get a lot of um, judgment i'll just leave it at that and um and I was like, I wonder why she's chosen me. I wonder why. And then finally, she said, "Why wouldn't I choose you? Because I'm here to support you. I know that you are wanting to create greater, and I want to support you and encourage you. But I'm not kidding. I mean, it's every every morning, every morning. Do you know anything about that? Can you speak to that at all? When a spirit uh, decides to come to you and and
1: be I mean, that space for you. I mean, for you, December. I'm guessing when you're in your hot tub, are you at your most relaxed space? Because I think when we relaxed everything is more available to us. You know, mm-hmm. I remember for, for years my mentor, and um, would just tell me, "Daniel, just relax." And I, I, it's telling someone to relax is the worst thing because it's like it feels so minimal and inadequate as guidance, but. It, now I hear myself sending it to my my students and mentees, like, just relax. Because when we, when we relax, we're more available. So for me... You yeah, can
0: receive. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. I mean, for me, I go through phases. When I do sleep well, I sleep and I die. So that's it. You know, I'm just like, nothing will wake me. But the last few years, I, I also have insomnia, which is... Nothing to do with the spirit. But I go went through a phase when i when i when I moved in with my partner, I would wake up in the morning and there'd be people at the bed and then say, Hello, I'm your two o'clock, I'm Margaret. My daughter's coming to see. Tell her this, this and this. Or it'd be, Hello, I'm Peter. Yeah, I'll be I'll be with a man at the back of a hall tonight. He's my son. You need to tell him this. And that happened for three weeks and stopped. And the last day, I don't know if you remember, years and years ago, about, well, 23 years ago, there was a Russian submarine that went down. Um, in in Is it Krask? Anyway, it, it really affected me, a, because I, for me, that's a, a horrible thing to happen. But I remember, oh. I, I woke up in the morning and so, said, oh, is there, there, there's a sailor at the end of the bed, and my partner was like, Bear mommy we hadn't been together, too. and he was like, Really? And I when no, I said, but he's dr-. I said, We're gonna hear today but we've found the submarine and we've all gone and it happened. And then you know, that whole phenomena of being aware of the spirit world stopped for a long time, up until the last eight months, it started about a wake up and there'd be someone by beside me saying, I'm your ten o'clock tomorrow and there'd be just a little bit of information and I'll just say Thank you. Come back at eleven because I need to sleep. But I don't to right. it; it's just there. And I think it's something about either uh, what I've noticed is when it's happened, the need of the spirit world and the recipient the sitter, has been so great, and the 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 type of passing or it's been very traumatic. So it's got to be you've got to be on on the on the money when it's when it's very really sensitive stuff. And it's been very clear, and I never dealt it because I think, why would I wake up and have this in my head? So I, I never dealt it. Right. I, I just never looked for it, but I. But I, I think what happens, and I. A lot of people wake up at like three am, four am, which I think sometimes is to do with our own body rhythm and our bladders and things like that. You know, for me, I'm getting older, but. But I also think, you know, and I've asked Spirit World about this, there's something about the energy of and where we, when we wake up in that moment, be, before waking up for work, we have no needs at 4am. And right. there were times I'd get up just to, you know, get up and do what everyone does, you know, go to the bathroom. But what I'm learning now is what's there and when I look at what's there, that's when oh well I've got this name. Yeah, you know, it's never my people. It's never it's never my family, it's never friends, it's always for the next day. It's strange. But I think it's something it's about where where we are in our awareness. So now when I read for people, and this is what I'd say to you, I mean you you've you obviously made contact with Olivia, you know, but it's like what when you when you're woken up, just feel what's for presence? Because sometimes it might just be the earth telling us how it is in that day, you know. And, and that's why I, I encourage my students. It's not always about communing to the spirit world. It's about what's what's for day bringing. What's the energy? What's the collective consciousness of a planet? And how can that inform us? And what choices can we make to respond to that?
0: Mm. Wow. I love it. I, I want to be one of your students now. <laughs> I can just picture in the classroom because you have such presence. And what I really mm, want to acknowledge about you is that space that you be when you're talking about this mediumship. It's, it's you're, you're talking about this oneness and this co-creation And, you know, just being willing to be relaxed so that you can receive. And I don't know about you, if you've been to other, I'm going to put in quotes, I know we don't really like this word psychic. You know, I've found that a lot of them impale information based on their points of view. And, And it's not a relaxed state. It's more of a, well, this is how it is, lady, you need to get your act together or whatever it is. You know, there's almost like a righteousness to it. But when I'm receiving w- this conversation with you, the presence of being, the presence of being with all yeah. of what you've created as and, a medium is, is palatable. And I, I just want to say thank you for that piece. Thank you and, for
1: carrying um, that. Thanks. And, but,
0: <laughs> and you- I, I'm just curious were you were you ever told why you chose to be a medium? Did did spirit ever come to you and say something uh that or you had decided before you came into this life that this is what was going to happen or you know for I come from a I come from a family of mediums on my mom's side. So she was always at séances as a, as a child, her grandmother and great grandmother were both mediums and they had told her she was going to have a prophetic Child, and she said, I just kept waiting for you to show up because I'm number five out of six. <laughs> so, raised in the Catholic Church, all the things yeah. Italian, very, both
1: very different approach to life. And yeah. that, you know, yeah, I I'm remember sure. we had a chat about that last time we spoke. And I, I um yeah. my nan, well, my mum's mum, I never knew this really when I was alive, I think because I was too young, yeah, but my nan lost her son the year before I was born. And my nan would always tell my my mum and aunt that she'd see him in the tree in the garden. And she went to see Doris of Stokes for a reading years, years and years ago. And so it was definitely that she was a bit, you know, mediumistic, psychic. And then my dad's great grandmother was also very I used to call her a witch because she she bought oh, an old but she she would know things, but not in a she wouldn't do reading, she was just very, very clear about people. And I think
0: she's clairvoyant. That,
1: yeah. yeah. And I think when we we our soul when, for me, this mediumship and coming back to your reference about psychics being a bit self righteous, for me, this awareness is do interrupt me, because once I to start talking about this, I'm terrible, and I can't, so do shut me up. Um, <laughs> no worries. This oh, It's about pure awareness, it's non-judgmental, it's just seeing, yes. it, seeing the isness of life, and in when we develop our being, our authentic self, which, which for me, I did the years, I've done the first year, my psychotherapy training, it's had such a, an amazing profound impact on my mediumship and my teaching because it's it's teaching me to watch where I'm speaking from. Am I projecting? Am I assuming? Am I judging? Because what a lot of mediums do is talk, sometimes claim the spirit of the judging and telling us what to do. They never will mm-hmm. because the spirit will cannot infringe on free will. All they can do is inspire and suggest. We get to choose what we do about it. And what 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 I've learned is when, when I'm speaking from just awareness, it's it's almost unemotional, not because I'm dead inside, but it's, it's actually just to keep it pure and authentic. And the same when we work psychically, or if I'm observing your field and why people are, there's no judgment. It's like, this is happening because of this. This is because of your parents. This is because of... You know what's going on with your boss and it's just seeing it for what it is and what people get there should be courses in teaching people to be good sitters because what what my mentor always said to me you know people come with huge expectations and i get that been there done that me too but you when you go and see a even more psychic you're paying for their perceptive qualities. And of course, we all see life differently because we're beautifully unique and individual. And mediumship should celebrate that. How I see your mum won't be how you see your mum, because we're 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 standing at two different points of view. But for me, it's about how does your mum see herself? That's really, my job is just to relay what mummies and I think there will always be some differences in that and years ago it used to destroy me We'd go no 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 but now I'm like no there's there's a truth here that's your stuff and I've learned to manage that no, I still get things wrong you know I'm human and a man so you know but sometimes I know oh I'm not wrong here we just don't want to hear it as it's said and I Sometimes I'll push it and sometimes i just say, oh, well, I'll leave that with you. But I think it's about all about how and where we're perceiving things, which is what changes for me, having seen mm-hmm. hundreds of mediums and psychics. And I think there's something that's been missing in the teaching of mediumship in the last 20 years, where it's all people turn up, I want to give you a reading and the book of theatre. There's no there's no depth into themselves, their inquiry or curiosity about what is what is spiritual. You know, we use this word. What is spiritual? And I think because I've been blessed to have the most amazing night, a yogi teach Jamie and Glenn Edwards, he was a phenomenal man. I think I've I've been very blessed, and I'm very grateful for that. I'll be and, quiet now,
0: and it shows. <laughs> It shows you're, you're a ball of light is how I see you. But I'm, I still want to go back to that question of were you chosen? Did, did, did spirit come to you and say, Hey, you, you chose us before you came into this lifetime or, or, you know, you did say you had some background with your family as Um, I did a lineage per se. Well, Um, how do you suppose you came into this? I mean, we know the story. But what's the story before the story? <laughs> like, you know, never I thought don't know. about that?
1: Obviously, the first medium I saw, well, I, I, there, was another, there was a pre-story to my nan My granddad died, and that's how we met our first medium I won't bore you, but, but, but the bed next door to my granddad, they just moved into a village where we lived, and my mum my took her to and from the hospital. My granddad died, and she told my mum, bring your mother round, I've got to speak to her. I'm a, I'm a. I'm a spook, is what she said. I'm a medium. So I was 11. And I went out with my mum one day. And she said, Oh, she said, oh, your, your, your son's definitely a medium. Aren't you, dear? And I was like, What's that, 11? Never heard the word. She said, Gosh, okay. she said no, You're aware of the spirit world. You see, you talk to people, faces in the wall, in the trees, all of this. She says, I mean, yeah, but I thought that's just my imagination, because I really, really did, and, but mm-hmm. in reflection, I always knew stuff about kids at school that I should not know, and mm-hmm. I, people would come into school, and I'd, I'd, I'd hug them, because I'd know we'd been beaten by their parents, and I had mm-hmm. no way of knowing, yeah. and it was just a joke, oh, you're a witch, you're a bit weird, I mean, I had a lot of terrible stuff at school, won't go into that, so, but I,
0: what a compliment though <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're a so bit weird i love it when somebody says you're just weird i'm like thank you <laughs>
1: i mean now, now i now i can embrace it the younger me could not because it wasn't cold it wasn't a fun place to be but what i'm trying to get to is i never apart from the medium telling me you're a natural you'll do this. I, in all my conversations with the spirit world i don't I don't believe my real work is about being a medium. I think the medium is a catalyst to something, what I hope is bigger. And because I think for me, my real passion, meaning, hope, intention is to bring people to themselves, to find the spirit world within them. And mediumship, obviously, like the initial journey, that isn't kind of like the story of me, it's all about messages from beyond the veil but it's about using this awareness to help you know you are a soul you are a universe in you and and how when you find yourself and then turn up as yourself because Mm. for me what's the problem in our world is everyone is disconnected to themselves and projecting a version of themselves. That's not true. And I right. think what what we're seeing in the world collectively is this, a percentage that are awakening and those who are scared of change and right. on a deeper level, on a more profound level, that's because people are not, not, Everyone craves to be themselves, but they don't always feel safe to do that because of the stories and systems that mankind have created. And I think what, what mediumship does is it tells people there is something more. And that that journey, in my case, led me to, well, if my name's not dead, is very a heaven, and if it's a heaven, is very a god, and is very devil, and all of, all of these philosophical conversations. But that whole journey has brought me back to Daniel, right? And I feel that's what my purpose is. That's and did I? I see. I I personally don't believe we choose any lessons here. What I believe is we we choose experiences to see how in that experience can we love greatly. Because to me, that's what God is. God is love. It's not a Bible. It's this, this, this fabric that allows everything to be just as it is. So in every moment, how can I love? How can I forgive? How can I be patient? How can I tolerate? Because... That's what love does. It becomes an active prayer. So, I, we get to choose how we respond to to life or not. And I think we're really tolerant of bad bad responses. You know, war, hate, mm. all, all of that. And I don't want to get my soapbox, but on a profound level, I think <laughs> get I'm, on your
0: soap, soapbox, Daniel. Get up on that soapbox. <laughs> um, I.
1: I and I suppose I'm trying to practice this in my own life. You know, am I getting it right every day? God knows. There's things happening right now where I'm totally reacting rather than responding. Mm-hmm. But I would have the compassion to know why, and then right, but I can choose to be different in an hour or tomorrow. And I think it's mm-hmm. it, it's having an awareness to go, what's what's playing out here, because I i can only affect me i can't affect anyone out there and if i can show up like that and five people notice and they might go oh i might try it like that then then it becomes a really positive contagion
0: it's like you're leading from example what i hear you saying is you are uh on the quest Of being uh, the allowance of all and everything as it is, you know. That's,
1: you can have your points of view, but. I love that. I love the way you put that. That's the goal. Am I there yet? Hell no. (laughs) But I'm, that's for work. That's for work. And mediumship has brought me to this awareness of that, you know. Giving just nice. messages of 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 people, I I feel really privileged to do it, but that's not the main deal, the main meal for me. That's just the precursor to something much bigger, more beautiful, and more profound.
0: I love it. What were you doing before? Were you a tradie? What was your job? A I was you... a health
1: officer. So You're... I worked. Oh, I worked for homelessness families in between homes, I was helping people get council houses, then I became a, a housing visitor where I had to go around and inspect properties and see people were as how their living conditions and then then I became an unofficial fraud officer and that's when I left because it was the opposite of what I was trying to do, my right? because, you know, when we're aware we see truth and we also see dishonesty which is right. very very handy if you're fraud officer but it was like from looking for the worst in people it was having wow. such a de- detrimental impact on my personality that i i was like and now i have to leave which is how i became a yeah. medium
0: wow Wow. Well, you know, it's interesting because I've found that I get pushed out of situations and then I look back on it and go, oh, I really didn't want to do that anymore. Or that wasn't really me or whatever, whatever it is. You know, I remember I was at a job that I was working way too many hours. I'd started out as just the receptionist and then I became the office manager and I'm working my way up and I'm having to stay later and uh, I'm not having fun anymore. And so I asked them for more money to make it worth my while. And they said, that's okay. You're going to train your replacement. So I thought, well, wow, that's okay. So I ended up training this gal. We became friends and she couldn't keep up with the workload. They ended up hiring two people to replace me, which afforded me to go into film production, which is what I had gotten a degree in anyway. And uh, so, you know, you never know. Sometimes the problems are actually gifts. You you get fired from a job. yes, for more money, you know your value. They don't. They did after the fact, because one of the girls called me and said, would you be willing to come back? And I'm like, nope, I am very happy where I am. And it also gave me more time to have clients like you. That's when I kind of hung a side shingle, did my side hustle, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So that's just so... That's so amazing. So I want to know something about these classes you're teaching. You keep referring to your students.
1: So I, I what, work what are you,
0: doing? you have a class coming up too, right? Or yeah, I work,
1: I... I work um occasionally at the College of Psychic Studies. So I'm about to start from next year the thirteenth, a five week absolute beginners course to talk about the language she's often using, you know, all words, mediumship because and do the really basic stuff like how to meditate good psychic hygiene, you know, just all the things that people have, lots of misconceptions and confusions. So it's a real baby beginner's class. So I'm doing that for five weeks, and then I'm doing another five weeks after that for those who are aware we've got gifts and awareness and how to use it, for me, always in a constructive way a meaningful way. You know, so but it also I'll be doing my own independent stuff. So I do like master classes on a range of things to do with self awareness, past life, through mediumship, you know, tarot, I'm a been reading tarot since I was eighteen. So I kind of and I'm also doing like a mentorship course but that's full that's running. But I for me the great one of the greatest gifts is seeing someone have that contact with the other world, you know, oh, I can do it. I can do it. For, for yeah. if I, because the thing with mediumship is, what's the point of being aware of the spirit of other people if we can't use that same awareness to talk to our own family and friends and loved ones? And the thing is, we're just not taught about it at school. So it's deemed unnatural, spooky, weird, and I always <laughs> say that. Talking to people we love is incredibly natural. And they're not mm-hmm. dead. They're just bodiless. They're free. Right. In, they're in a soul condition, no longer a human condition. That's for that's the transition. And that's what mediumship I think really celebrates when it's done well. Mm-hmm. So
0: that's what I teach. I love this conversation. Yeah, that's amazing. We have in in Access Consciousness, which is an organization that I I have some specialties with, and there's one specialty. It's not one of mine, although I've I've taught like intro, you know, one hour little things about it is um, in, if gosh, now I've just forgotten. Um, Help. What's that whole franchise called? Yes, that's it talking to my producer over here, talk to the entities, but there's like intros and different levels of it. You know, your business can be an entity. Uh, this book is an entity. Um, your family on the other side is an entity. And so it's a matter of looking at it for what it really is. Hey, so they don't have a body anymore. Hey, You can still communicate with them. Hey, maybe they want to contribute to you. Maybe they have a message for you. Maybe you can facilitate them. You know, and and I love it because it's what you're saying is really congruent with what this huge franchise is about. Shannon O'Hara created it, I think, in 2010 or 2011, is when it first came out, and has several books and uh, classes, specialty classes, and several people in her franchise that are facilitating these classes as well. So it sounds a little bit, a little bit like that. You yeah. know, I, I, that I love space. That. I don't yeah. know.
1: Everything is an entity, I suppose. And for me, and that's what I get for me, everything has its unique presence, its signature. Mm-hmm. Being aware, psychic, intuitive, mediumistically, it's for me, the intuitive course, is the knower knows. We know, we know this is the spirit of this is your mum in the spirit of I'm aware, I know, I'm talking about your mum here on the earth incarnate. And but that same muscle of awareness, that intuition is knowing. I know it's time to leave his job. I know this is the right part. I know. I know. I'm meant to fly to Australia. It's, but and for, so for me, this this development and cultivation of our intuition is shouldn't just be limited to to psychic messages and readings. It should be how do we use this as a compass to enhance our life because. That's really why we've got it. That's why whoever whatever created this, this is why we have this faculty within us, and and we normalize it. It should be normalized. It's like it's just like seeing and hearing. So that's what what I try and do is take all of the the woo woo away from it because it just bores me.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I I'm always amazed at what people have uh, already decided is true and real about the other side or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. You know, it's a lot of presumptive realities going on in this reality, you know, everybody has their way of, and then, the, and, you know, telling me, I imagine, imagine you've had it projected onto you as well uh, as to what it is or what you should believe, or maybe you're, you know, you're um, doing something evil or oh. <laughs> whatever oh. it is.
1: I've had Christian love, yeah, I've had all, I've had all of that. And, what I know, I always, it's about trusting this, this consciousness is deeply intelligent, you know. And I've had long conversations with my nan and people, you know, My I asked my nan what, what death was like. And she said, mm. you know, Daniel, death's the very best thing I've done except for my children. She said, the best thing I did was have, have four beautiful, amazing children. That's the best thing I did. But dying... She said, it was just the re- re- removal of all pain and suffering. And she wow. said, it was easy. It was so easy. I just shut my eyes and it was. I was there. And I think the problem we have, and this is a human thing, is we need everything to be human, human, this measure of reality. And right now we have to be preoccupied with it because we're here in the human condition. but. The spirit world is, I don't believe from what I've heard, and other mediums will have their own different opinion. It's not reflective of this world, you know. The spirit world don't have arms and legs because they don't need it, you know. And a lot of the stuff we feel as humans is because we have have brain chemistry and primal drives, which are unique to having a body. The human experience, and so when we leave the body, we lose ways of expressing and experiencing ourselves. And a lot of traditional mediums have made the spirit world you know, I've had me, oh, your nan's in a lovely bungalow in the afterlife, and she's going to Marks and Spencer's. And it's like, God, I hope when I die, that's not my spirit world because I'm going to be bored, you know. And but I but I, but, but I think everyone's allowed their own truth. It's not for me to tell anyone else what their truth is. But what I do, in, what I really, really ask listeners to do is ask, is it intelligent? Is it rational? And we, we the universe is so vast and planet Earth is just a, 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 a pimple. And it's like, we are, if you look up to space, we are such a minority that the whole universe cannot be reflective to planet Earth. It's just, for me, not rational, not intelligent. And when we go beyond the need of it to be like that, when we talk to the spirit worlds and entity and energy, we can have the most amazing discoveries. That's a
0: or at least this is my experience it's as if the universe you know wants to gift us and you know not just the, the people on the like not just olivia newton john y'all but yeah. you know the trees uh the fairies or whatever these little beings are that i perceive you know at different times i have birds that come right up to me and sit on my hot tub you know, and look at me like oh you again you know, because we can have that relationship. I mean, Absolutely. I I do energy on the squirrels that, that come out and play around this tree. I'm looking out a window here and there's these two squirrels that are always chasing each other and they check in to see if I'm there, you know, and we can have that connection with everyone and everything, whether they have a body or not.
1: Absolutely. You know? the, the natural world, as we call it, and again, I so we are part of that. This is see we even talk about I'm gonna go out to nature rather than like actually we're we're it. <laughs> we're we believe it. but they have consciousness. Trees I love trees because they're ancient and they've witnessed many lives, many versions of the earth. I think trees are a source of knowledge. If we learn to commune with its consciousness, just like the birds, mm. just like our, our pets, you know, we treat pets like family i'm not a vegetarian but we tolerate cows and chickens and pigs being treated in the worst way and i'm thinking what's all that about because we're separate we detach and i think this awareness can can inspire us all to make better choices for our life for ourselves and in that one another and i think that's that's always my hope but but everything is available. So I think when you're in your hot tub, that's your sacred space. That's when you're available to you. Allow it all to happen. I'm gonna I'm gonna coin that, that phrase: allowing. I love that. That's brilliant. So yeah, thank you.
0: Uh, it's, yeah, it's I have I'm, my hot tub is very close to um, a silver maple. Right. that I had several branches cut back she was dropping branches a lot. (laughs) I thought "Mm, my neighbor's house is kind of close. My house is kind of close. And at the time I thought I was putting a pool in the backyard and I decided not to. Well, I left and when I came back, uh, the guy that was trimming the trees had cut her so far back that it just looked like a giant stump. And I was very concerned. (laughs) I was like, Oh my God, I've, I've, I've killed my tree. And then she came back this year full of branches. It's like my bonsai now. My my silver maple That's bonsai ex, uh, experiment, I guess, and I, I've now I know she's she's actually the mother tree to all the other silver maples that are my other neighbors' yards. She's the leader. It's so funny. She says, "I'm coming back. Don't you worry." She wasn't mad at me mm-hmm. for what happened. You know, <laughs> it wasn't like, "Oh, now I'm having a bad leaf day, and it's all your fault." <laughs> but whatever it is, so I'm also communing with this beautiful tree that is the space for all the other silver maples. I mean, there's lots of them in my, in my hood, my neighborhood, all the things. This is amazing. 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 I could, I could talk to you forever. I might have to have you back on for another, for another episode. Would you be willing to come back and maybe we'll do something a little different. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. 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 But I, I find, beyond beyond fascinating your heart and your your generosity of spirit is palatable and it makes my heart open just to be in your presence so thank you for that
1: thank you for you <laughs> likewise we see in others what we have in ourselves so that's all about you so thank
0: you oh i see he's throwing it back at me y'all so i'm going to acknowledge thank you very much and <laughs> If people were looking, and we're going to have your classes that are coming up. You guys look in the, in the detailed show notes. We'll have everywhere where you can find Daniel and these classes. Daniel may need to write a book. I don't know. Might be time, Daniel. And uh, Sure. You've never heard that before. And um, where could the people find you for those that are listening on Spotify or Apple? I'm on
1: Facebook. I have a website where people can book me for one-to-one consultations or those that are listening who are developing, I do one-to-one mentoring as well. So it's more tailored and bespoke for their needs. Um, but, yeah, on Facebook, College of Social Studies and Instagram. So that's where to find me. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm based in London in the UK. And I do I do readings via Zoom all over the world. So, you know, it's it's, it's that's remarkable. But it's the same spirit of the same awareness. You know, people think we have to be in the same room we don't it's, yeah yeah no, so don't. that's how I mean, you find i
0: it. even do um, remote uh energy work on people yeah. as well because energy is just energy so absolutely <laughs> they yeah. just got to be willing to receive it that's yeah. it if they can relax and receive then i am all there i'm all in so thank you again thank you so thank much you. and you guys yeah you guys if you enjoyed this conversation um please subscribe hit the like button if you have comments or there's other things you want us to talk about. I do read all the comments. Um, if you know of someone that could benefit and this conversation would have been a contribution, share it with them. Share Daniel with them. He's a very big spirit in a body <laughs> for now. Thank you for choosing a body Thank in this you lifetime. You. <laughs> we're, we're grateful. All right, you guys until next time. Mm
1: well, Take you.
0: Thank you so much for Choosing Happiness. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, share, and give us a like. And if you want more happy, subscribe to the Choosing Happiness membership, where you can play directly with me, Rudrani Devi, the happiness lady. How does it get any better than that?